Is everyone doing this morning? You ready for the word? I know I am. God has really been burning something in my heart this morning. And uh, I really believe that God is going to say something special this morning. God is going to completely transform your lives this morning. And it's something that um, God has really been putting on my heart. It's a passion of mine. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Luke, and uh, I, uh, I'm part of the senior leadership team here at Infused Church, uh, alongside with my wife Haley and Steve and Gina. Um, we count it as such a privilege to be able to serve God and, and to um, be a part of this church, and uh, it is incredible. But um, the more you get to know me, the more you understand my heart. And that is uh, having the heart of worship as the title of my message this morning, having the heart of worship. And for people who have known me for years, they know that if I'm sitting down and I'm talking about worship, I can be talking and talking for hours about it because it is a passion of mine. It is a, it is a, it is a passion of mine and uh, I'm going to try and compact it as much as I possibly can into the time that's been given to me, but it is a passion of mine and, I, and I'll try not to, you know, speak for too long on it. <laughs> but we'll see how we go. All right. I was just reading through the Word uh, this week and uh, God ha- has led me to Psalm 95. And if you have your Bibles with, me, uh, with you, uh, just turn with me to Psalm 95. And this psalm is a call to worship and obedience. The title in my Bible says a call to worship and obedience. And uh, we're going to read from verses 1 to 7. And it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. And in verse 6 it says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. I'm going to stop right there. So this, this psalm is saying how great God is. And it is a call for us to bow down and kneel before our maker. You know, when we bow down, we are acknowledging our king. There is something in the act of bowing that, that says, here I am, Lord. Here I am. It is a position when you kneel down before God, or when you kneel down before, you know, uh, some places in the world, they kneel down before their king, or they kneel down before their queen. It's that act of kneeling that puts you in a position of humility and surrender. The word worship in this passage, I'm hoping that I'm going to pronounce this right. I looked up the meaning of this word. It is Sha-cha. I think I got that right. It is to bow, to stoop, 
to bow down before someone as an act of submission or reverence, to worship, to fall or bow down when paying homage to God. The primary meaning is to make oneself low, to lift him up and to bow down at his feet. Have a think about that for a sec. To lift him up and to bow down at his feet. And as I was reading through this week just some scriptures, um, you have a look at some stories in the Bible where, um, where people would kneel down at the feet of God, at the feet of Jesus. And in, in Daniel, in the, in the book of Daniel, you have a look um, in, verse, in chapter 6, verse 10. Um, in the background, the background of this passage is that um, the, uh, the king put out a, a, a decree, like the governor's um, we're trying to find some fault in Daniel. The king loved Daniel, but um, the other people that were around him didn't. So they, they tried to put a decree in place that only people, uh, no one can bow down to anyone else but the king. But Daniel um, was like, no, nah, I'm not going to have a bar of that. And in verse, um, in verse 10 of chapter 6, it says, now when, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem... He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom since his early days. The thing that really leapt out at me here was, yes, Daniel bowed down, but it was his custom since his early days. So he made it a habit to to bow down before God, to kneel before God. He knew who God was. And it was, and it, was a, it was a lifestyle that Daniel had to bow down and to pray to God, to worship. In Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 6, when uh, Solomon was dedicating the temple, uh, the whole assembly gathered together and, uh, and, and Solomon um, got up in front of the assembly and he kneeled. He kneeled before God. He stretched out his hands. Before God. And uh, when he stretched out his hands and he began to pray, as you, uh, he, he surrendered himself to God and started dedicating the temple. And when he, uh, in, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, it says, When um, Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. And you go down to uh, verse 3. It says, When all the children of Israel saw how fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. They all bowed down before God. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. The people of Israel bowed down. They realized they knew who God was. They know who God is. At the time, they, they were like, well, we've seen God. Wow, we need to bow down. Do you know, when we bow down before God, we make room for his presence. God shows up in his temple. And in the New Testament, it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. So when we make a, an act to bow down and surrender to God, oh, the glory of the Lord fills the, his presence fills the temple. His presence fills our life. And you know, this week, God began to, God has actually shown me the importance of kneeling down. 
Because as I began to bow down and worship this week in, in, in my bedroom, in preparation for this message, as I bowed down and just said, God, here I am. I knelt down. There is something about kneeling down. You know, for some people it's not a comfortable thing. For me, it's not a comf- for me it doesn't feel that comfortable. I'd rather stand, but it, it, it's letting go of myself. It's letting go of who I am and saying, here I am, God. Here I am, God. And as we begin to bow down and reach our hands towards heaven, begin to get into that low place, that position of uh, you know, lowering ourselves, that's when God begins to show up. We are connecting with God because we're bowing down saying, here I am. And his glory, his presence begins to fill his temple. You are his temple this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't done it for a while, just to make some time this week just to bow down before God and just see how much of a difference that makes. Because it, it, it does make a difference. Let go, let go of our self and bring honour and glory to our God. Bring honour and glory to our God. Now, there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus has an encounter with the Samaritan woman. I'm sure most of you are aware of it. And uh, Jesus is uh, on his journey and he's going through Samaria. Samaria, yeah. And uh, he has an encounter. He's wanting a drink. And uh, he's asking, you know, give me some water. And uh, hang on, I'll just turn to it just to uh, have a look. She's, uh, she's saying to him, you know, give me a drink. And the woman said, how is that? You being a Jew, ask for a drink, a Samaritan woman, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. And he's, he, he is saying, if only you knew the gift of God and who says to you, give me a drink. He would have given you living water. And so she's asking, how, how, how do I get this living water? And then, she, then um, he goes and, and, and he goes, go and ask for your husband. And she goes, well, I have no husband. And he's like, well, you've answered right. And so she's perceiving now that, oh, he's a prophet. You know, this man must be a prophet. And uh, in verse 20 or 19, the, it says, The woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you, Jews, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. So at the time, there was a division between Jews and Samaritans. The Samaritans would worship up on the mountain where Jacob's well was, and the Jews would worship in the temple. But here is what Jesus is saying in verse 21. It says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming where you will neither worship, we will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. So what that is saying is you'll be able to worship God anywhere, everywhere. You'll be able to worship God anywhere. 
And as we continue to read, in verse 22, it says, You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking true worshippers. Let's have a look at that word spirit for a sec. You know, when we worship in spirit, we're, we're connecting. Our spirit is connecting with God. It's when our spirit connects with his spirit. It's when our heart connects with his heart. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse um, 17 and 18, it says, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You know, when we give our hearts to Christ, that veil, that because um, it's talking about the old covenant and the new covenant there in that, um, in that scripture uh, beforehand as you read before these verses. And um, those who do not know Christ have still got that veil covering their face. And uh, it's when we give our hearts to Christ, that veil that has been covered has been lifted so that we can see and reflect the glory of Jesus, so that we can see and reflect the glory of our God. And as we spend more time with, the God, uh, with, with, with our God, that's what I was meant to say, I'll slow down a little bit. As we spend more time with our God, He makes us more and more like him. The only way that you can become more like Christ is by spending time with him. The only way that you can become more like Jesus is by spending time with him. And one of the primary primary ways of doing that is through praise and worship. It's through worship. And when we bow down before him in worship, when we surrender ourselves in worship, our heart, our spirit, connects with him. We are allowing God to just, we're just saying, here I am. Here I am. And when God sees our heart, our hum, when God sees our heart, he begins to connect with us on a more personal, intimate level. That is, that is worshipping in spirit. That is worshipping in spirit. We need to let go of ourselves. That is one of the keys to entering into worship, is letting go of us, letting go of me. Stop asking God, what can I get out of this? Stop, stop saying, what can I get out of this? And just say, here I am, Lord. I'm yours. To kneel down, surrender. To connect with him. To align ourselves with the Spirit of God. Being in true harmony with God. Being in true relationship with God. So let's have a look at truth. The word truth. 
And I was looking at this word in my Bible, the word truth is highlighted because I have a study Bible and I like to have a look at what some of these words mean. And, and this word is highlighted. So I had a look and, and, and looked up. And the word truth is aletheia. And, the, and, the, and this is what it means. It is the opposite of fictitious, feigned or false. It denotes veracity, reality, sincerity, accuracy, integrity, truthfulness, dependability, and propriety. Propriety. Some of these words, I'm, I'm having issues pronouncing. But anyway, that's what happens when I'm up at one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> so this, this shows, this word truth shows that worship isn't just a song. It's a lifestyle. It's not about just words. It's about our actions as well. We need, to, we need to show our faith, show our worship through our actions. We need to be truthful to God. We need to be open to Him. We can say to God, we're having a bad day. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've heard excuses, I've made excuses going, well, God already knows that, so I don't need to you know, pour out my heart to God. Like, you know, he already knows, He knows all things. But there's something about being truthful and open to God, saying how you really feel, showing God who you really are, saying, Lord, this is, this is me. I feel like this at the moment. That's truth. It's not, it's not fictional. I'm, I'm reminded of the, uh, in, in Luke chapter 7 of the sinful woman you know, um, I'm going to flick there because uh, I've got plenty of time. And uh, <laughs> the sinful woman. This is when Jesus was uh, uh, eating with one of the Pharisees. He was eat, eating with um, Simon. It says uh, from verse 36, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house. She bought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head, the hair of her head. And she, kissing his feet, anointed them with fragrant oil, with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who touch, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So she said, Teacher, say it. And it says, There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with, each, uh, with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. It says, Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? And Simon said, I suppose the one he forgave more. You were rightly judged. So he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, to you, her sins, which are many, 
are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. She knew who Jesus was. She knew exactly who Jesus was, so she bowed down. She bowed down and worshipped him. She kissed his feet. She was in tears. She knew who she was. She knew that she was broken. She knew that she was a sinner, but she knew who Jesus was. She was truthful in who she was. She came to him weeping, and as she began to weep, she was wiping his feet with her hair. To me, that says that is true worship. She is realizing she knows who she is and she knows who Jesus is. So she bows before him and uses that, anoints him with that fragrant oil. Her, she's wiping her tears with her own hair, not a rag, her own hair. She didn't care what she looked like. That, that is truth. That is worship. And we need to be like that with Jesus. We heard this morning, we, we are all sinners saved by God's grace. And we need to come before him with all truthfulness. We need to look at Jesus with the same awe and wonder as this woman did. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, Jesus is having a bit of a shot at the Pharisees here. He says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of man. Worship is in actions. Worship is in our actions. And Jesus here, what he's saying is he doesn't like false worship. He says, you hypocrites, who are you to honor me with your lips, but don't, in your actions, you're not. You, you say you honor your father and your mother, but they were saying what we, were gonna, what we could have given you, we have to give to God as an offering to God. But Jesus is saying, you need to honour your father and your mother. That, you know, what, what you're saying is, it's not right. It doesn't line up. Because you're saying that you're offering this to God, but I'm saying you need to honour your father. So it, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's all lip service, not through their actions. And Jesus doesn't like lip service. He wants our heart. God wants our heart this morning. He doesn't want your words. He wants your heart. He wants you for who you really are. It's not about songs that we sing, although that is important that we do sing songs. But when we're singing songs, when we're singing worship songs here or whether it be at home, are we just singing words or are we really putting into meaning what we're singing? And are our lives reflecting our worship, are our lives reflecting what we're saying? Because if they're not, God doesn't 
God, your worship is false. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to be hard, but it's true. And I, I'll tell you what, in my life, there have been times where I've been all words and no action. And when I read this this week, it was like, boom! Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, make sure when you come and you worship me, that your actions reflect your worship of me. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want Jesus to call me a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want, I want my words, I want my life to reflect. I want my actions to reflect true worship. And in that, true worship is also being obedient to what God says. It's also being obedient to his word. Like I said, it's not just singing a slow song. It's about a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a slow song. It's our actions as well. It's our lifestyle. In James 1 verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Very simple, isn't it? Do not, listen, do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. We need to be genuine in our faith. As you continue to read down in James 1, it shows what genuine faith looks like. Again, it's, it's our actions. Our actions reflect our faith. I want to have a look at a story now about Abraham. Abraham was a man of true worship. He was a man who obeyed God. Genesis chapter 22. Verses 1 to 13. This is just after Isaac is born. Said, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And Abraham said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering to one, uh, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young, young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, so there's a few words in there that are... Yeah. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. There's that word worship in that passage. And do you know, I was looking at this word worship in this passage... And it actually has the same meaning of the word worship of the psalm that I read out earlier on. That, same, that word was used in that psalm as well. So it has the same meaning. That, that, that worship that Abraham was talking about is the same as the worship that was talked about in Psalm 95. To bow down, to show reverence to God, to, to oh, 
It's so powerful. And I love Abraham's response because uh, in, verse, uh, in verse 7, as he's going through with it, it says, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, look, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a, uh, the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. So Abraham, this is an incredible faith, isn't it? So he's showing his worship through his actions. He's saying that God will provide a ram. And as, we, as you continue to read the story, Abraham bound Isaac and he was ready to you know, go through that. And the angel of the Lord said, stop, yelled out and provided the ram for the offering. So God came through. But this is the thing that really stuck out at me in this passage. Number one, he got up early in the morning and went. So God told him to do something that would have been very, very difficult to do. But he got up and went. And then Abraham shows in this passage that he is fully dependent on God. He is fully dependent on God. He obeyed the voice of God. And God provided that ram to be sacrificed instead of his son. It was his actions that defined his worship. It was his faith that defined Abraham's worship. He worshipped in truth. He worshipped in, in, because he, he acted in obedience. Worship is being obedient. Making your actions Worshipping through your actions. Worship is not a ritual. It is not a religious thing that we do. It's not singing songs. It's a lifestyle. It's a choice. We have a choice about the way we worship our God this morning. I'm going to go back to that psalm that I read out earlier. Verse 6. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, this is the, this is the action part of it. If you will hear His voice... So today, if you will hear his his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. So it's saying, don't harden, like the psalm is telling the people not to harden their hearts like, like their fathers before them did. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they will not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall never enter my rest. See, to me, this, this, this psalm is saying that it is, an, it is an action. 
It is a choice. Our worship is a choice. And in that, it is a call to worship and obedience. Worship is a lifestyle. We need to be obedient to the voice of our God. When we worship in spirit and in truth, we just we are connecting with God on a personal level and we are truthful about who we are. There's no falseness about it. And my challenge to you this morning in, in our worship, are you, being, are, you, are you a person who reflects a person who worships in spirit and in truth? Are you a person, a person who makes worship a lifestyle? Or are you a person that makes it a religious act of just singing songs? Because I want to tell you this morning, God is after a true worshipper this morning. And a true worshipper is a person who connects, God, connects to God on a... It's, it's a heart-to-heart with God. It's about being obedient to Him. We need to bow down before him, lifting our hands to sur- in surrender. We need to bow down before him. It's that act of bowing. It, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that every time you worship, you need to, you know, Get on your knees, although I want to encourage you to do it at times because it's a it's a acknowledging God. It's acknowledging our Lord Jesus. It's acknowledging the kingship of our Lord Jesus. And you know what? If you don't bow down now, there is going to be a time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know what? I want to bow down now because I don't want to. I don't want to get to that point and go, what you know, what you know, and I want to do it now, before that time. When we bow down, we are acknowledging the kingship of our Lord Jesus. We are connecting with God on a personal level. God, here I am. We are being obedient to His voice. And being totally dependent on him. And the one thing that I really want you guys to remember this morning, out of all this, is that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just words. It's not just words. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle of obedience. It is a lifestyle of getting down on your knees, kneeling at the feet of our Lord, saying, here I am, Lord, what do you want me to do?
I'm yours, Lord. I am yours. What do you want me to do? If you need direction in your life, if you need if you need to know what the direction God is taking you, this helps. And then when God tells you to act on something, I want to challenge you to be obedient to that. Because God will test you. As he tested Abraham, God will test you to see how truthful and sincere you really are. So I just want everyone just to, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We need to be a church of true worshippers. And I just want to encourage you in this. We're just going to have a short time of worship. And I want to encourage you not just to sing words, not just to look at the screen and sing words. We're going to sing that song, All I Need Is You, Lord. And if you're truthful about that this morning, I want you just to, you can either kneel where you are, you can, if you need some room, there's a, there's plenty of room here in the front or at the back if you want room to I want to make some time for God this morning I want to make some time for us just to connect with God on a personal level and I want to encourage you to say God here I am and when you're singing these words all I need is you really mean it really mean it let's just see what happens Let's connect with God on a personal level this morning. Let's connect with God on a personal level. Not just words, but in our actions. So come on, let's begin to sing. Let's begin to stand. Let's begin to kneel. You can do whatever you, you can do, whatever. We're going to connect with God on a personal level.